and welcome to the Oyster Stew Podcast. I'm Libby Hall, Director of Communications for Oyster Consulting. Trade desks can drive revenue growth and profitability. They can differentiate products and services, or they can simply be a fundamental need for advisor and investment services. In today's podcast, Oyster Capital Markets experts share their industry experience around starting and managing a successful trade desk. Let's get started. Thank you, Libby. I'm Bob Mooney, General Counsel at Oyster Consulting. I'm pleased to be joined today by Frank Childress and Jeff Gearhart. On today's podcast, we'll be talking about creating and maintaining a successful trading desk. Frank, let me start with you. Before we get into the specific components involved in creating and maintaining a trading desk, can you describe what you would consider to be the characteristics of a successful trading desk? Sure, Bob. That's a great way to kick it off. It really starts with a clear vision and strategy from the top of the firm down and and a focus for the trading desk. And it needs to flow through the management levels all the way down to the the traders on the desk. Um, Clearly, there are some givens as you think about trading desk and depending on what the nature of the firm is. But Obviously, the the asset class of the desk, whether it's fixed income or equities, is going to be determined. Uh, there's likely to be uh, some understanding of whether it's an agency desk or a principal desk. But other aspects are are more nuanced. And you know, if the trading desk has clients, uh, you want to understand the the level of facilitation and how you're going to treat those clients, uh, the service levels that you're going to be uh, providing. Uh, to your customers is going to be important, and that needs to be clearly understood uh, at all levels of the desk. The vision of the desk needs to be established and maintained by the the leadership of the firm uh, and completely transparent to everybody on the desk. And it's not just when the desk is initiated or when they start the desk. Um, We've seen certainly situations where uh, you see leadership changes in a firm or in a trading desk, and there may be changes that people want to make. So those, that vision, the focus of the desk needs to be reviewed and updated regularly. Uh, so new people on the desk and perhaps new leadership on the desk is fully clear with what the purpose of the trading desk is for. Uh, I agree with those comments that that Frank just made. Uh, I think setting up the desk can almost be the easy part because everybody's alert and aware and you have the strategy you're trying to execute. The ongoing maintenance is the hard part of a successful desk. Frank mentioned turnover and senior management. Um, from my own personal experience, if, if the desk deviates, for example, it's a client-centric desk to facilitate client flow, but the traders start to take larger positions or not positioning what's needed for client distribution, it can lead to problems and maybe outsized risk. Uh, so that, that becomes a very relevant factor. I also think you have to factor in the appropriate management techniques going forward. I'm thinking of risk-weighted capital type approach. Uh, desk might be very successful from a P&L aspect, but it might be taking outside risk using too much balance sheet, something outside of your strategy. So the ongoing maintenance, I think, becomes critical. One of the things that Jeff alluded to is exactly what what I was thinking about is, is traders by their nature tend to push the envelope a little bit. So it's uh, incumbent upon the management team to not only be clear in what their goals and objectives are, but to also have the proper surveillance systems in place uh, to make sure that traders are doing what what's intended by the firm. 
Jeff, you mentioned the role of the desk needs to be closely aligned with the strategy of the firm. How do you ensure this happens? Fair question. And, and I was talking earlier about ongoing management, but one tool we used effectively was really a trader mandate. This might have originated out of a regulatory requirement, but the mandate not only lays out the limits, but it defines the uh, the role of the desk, the purpose of the desk. And then when you build your, your management controls around it, how you're evaluating P&L, how you're assigning um, capital to the desk, it, it almost becomes an inherent process to reinforce the correct behaviors. For example, risk balance sheet is earned in the trading world. You don't just automatically take outsized positions or risks or things of that nature. So through the diligence of the, the day-to-day, you can continue to reinforce um, the correct behavior and, and, and the correct activities. I was involved with client-centric desks. So we wanted our we wanted high volume, high velocity of turnover. We wanted positions that we could distribute to our clients, an institutional client base. Uh, and we wanted our traders um, giving our, our, our clients good pricing. Through through managing that process, it, it almost reinforces it. Now, some of the things that went wrong was when a trader would end up with 500 line items of age positions. So you have an age control report, you can quickly I- identify when things are going wrong. Um, that's, I think, an example of getting into the weeds of how you can manage, manage the performance and manage the behavior and encourage the right right aspect of it. Frank, I don't know if you have any perspective from from that. Well, yeah, I just add that that as I you know mentioned before, traders sometimes will push the boundaries, and uh, it's just in, incumbent upon the management level to stay in close contact and to uh, make sure that they understand what their mandates are uh, and to kind of continually review those. Uh, and uh, whether it's a, a capital committing. Uh, desk that that may have maybe managing risk as well, or an agency desk. There are certain benchmarks that that you can use to monitor to make sure that uh, that you're all on the same page. As well as uh, it's important to have uh, technology surveillance tools, whether they're third party and there's plenty available, or in house built. Uh, that properly, appropriately surveil the desk and flag for things that you want to make sure that you're uh, keeping in line, whether it's uh, firm-specific risk controls or regulatory risk controls. Frank, I think those those are good points. You said something that caught my interest. Traders like to push the limits. Um, and I've had traders say to me, if you're not maxing out your limits, then you're not doing a good job. I don't know that a lot of risk people would agree with that. I think you're given a range of where you should trade, and it's it's to to let you effectively take care of opportunities in the marketplace. That's my perspective of limits. Uh, there are times, especially when volatility goes up, or what we're seeing with rates currently, where you would not have the same positions as you would have had a year or two ago. Um, and maybe limits haven't come in, but you certainly should have. Um, position and risk management is fluid and dynamic. Probably don't agree with pushing the envelope consistently. Yeah, no, I, we, we used to, uh, so certainly we would have less, uh, limits on the uh, the trading desk, but uh, we would continually reinforce that those were limits, not goals or objectives. So uh, <laughs> uh, traders would 
like to go, you know, directly to the limit, and that's that, that wasn't uh, the intent. You both have mentioned the importance of systems in managing the business and managing the risk associated with the business. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the considerations involved in your technology selection? Sure. Uh, I'll go first on that one. And uh, in, in, in maybe just share this perspective because it's such a large topic, probably deserves um, more time down the road. When you look at technology, the, the equity markets are certainly there from the front end. The fixed income markets are increasingly uh, electronic driven. By that, I mean electronic trading. When you look at corporates and high yield, they increase year over year. So it's it's the reality of we're entering the time of electronic trading, which is great. It, it, make, it can make things more efficient and improves transparency, you name it. It's, it's good across the board. But you have to fit your technology to your platform. We've been in, involved in, in some OMS selection activities. We've been involved in technology for the clearing aspect of things. You have to match your technology providers with your goals and objectives and make sure it fits your needs. And you have to think of it start to finish. How's the trade executed? Great, you did the trade really, really efficient, but we can't connect to the back office. We're having too many fails or it's, we've actually seen some shops that have quite a few manual exercises to, to, to do quote straight through processing, which obviously isn't straight through processing. So you have to look at the whole stack start to finish from onboarding to trading to settlement to to issue an error res resolution. And then you have to put your surveillance and risk management systems on top of it. So that's a lot to think about, but the point is technology is driving that and technology is sitting resident on the trading desk. So you now you have a whole new set of risks. If you have a trader programming, what barriers do you have so that they don't put something live and all of a sudden start hitting trades they don't want to. You know, you, a trader can bring down a company very quickly. So whole new set of controls, whole new set of risks, whole lot of good opportunities to take advantage of. Thanks. Uh, so I'd add that uh, Jeff and I both come from uh, more traditional uh, broker-dealer models, broker-dealer bank models. Uh, but as evidence to the importance of technology is that there's uh, a whole industry of fintech that starts with technology in search of a problem. And in a lot of cases, that problem or that that industry is is the, the brokerage industry, the financial industry. So they are technology firms that have specifically got into trading because they see opportunity. So they start from the technology side. And this is uh, candidly displacing some of the and taking business away from some of the other more traditional firms uh, that are brokerage firms that that utilize technology, but they they I think it's incumbent for traditional firms to understand that technology needs to to lead. It can't just be it can't just be a tool. Uh, you need to lead with technology if you're going to hope to uh, maintain and compete with firms that start with technology and then learn the business side of it. Uh, so I think they. It's important to stick with a program, whether you're uh, building in-house or uh, relying on third-party systems and the upgrades and, and opportunities that they provide. Uh, if you're building in-house, you, you better have a long-range plan of a very strong uh, systems background that can uh, continually provide support and make trading a significant priority for the firm. 
Thanks, Frank and Jeff. That's all we have time for today. If you'd like to learn more about how Oyster can help your firm with establishing and maintaining an effective trading desk and the technology considerations that go along with it, we can help with that. You can learn more about myself, Bob Mooney, Jeff Gearhart, Frank Childress, by visiting our website at oysterllc.com.